just looking through uh, my notes here for just a second, I was <coughs> heading in an entirely different direction. I'm sure I'm not the first one to do it. Entirely different direction when I, I don't know if I stumbled across these verses, but just read them again and uh, caused me to do some thinking. But I um, want us to, we'll get to those verses in a little while, but uh, I want to I wanna look at something. It does work. I want to look at the Roman soldier for just a minute. Look in, Acts, in Matthew chapter 27, verses 27 through 31. It says, Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison around him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. When they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they took the robe off him, put his own clothes on him, and led him away to be crucified. They're not even officers or anything. They're not the governor. They're not the Roman emperor. They're, not, they're just soldiers. And they did this. Look with me at John chapter 19, verses 32 through 34. Then the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water came out. So here are the soldiers. Jesus is on the cross. And to speed up the, the, the death, they break the two legs and the, uh, of the other two, uh, break the legs of the other two and see that Jesus is still alive. So they, they just maybe on a whim, just stabbed him with a spear. And blood and water comes out. There again, their soldiers are doing what they're taught to do. In Acts chapter 10, verses 7 and 8, when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. So when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. And you know the story about Cornelius. I, don't, I won't go into all that. He's going to send men to, to uh, Joppa to, to pick up, uh, bring Peter back. But he sends a devout soldier from among those who con waited on him continually. I hadn't really thought about that. But here's a soldier that just does his, at his beck and call. And that's just the way... It worked in those days. And in Acts chapter 12, verses 5 and 6, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to, about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. So here's these two guys, and they're chained. My mind shows one on either side. He's between them. And they're sleeping with him because that's, he's important enough that that's what happened. And the guards are at the door keeping the prison and making sure Peter just doesn't get away. Later on, 
in verses 18 and 19. Then as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers about what had become of Peter. But when Herod had searched for him and not found him, he examined the guards and commanded that they, be, they should be put to death. And he went down from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. Peter was freed during the night. Not by the soldiers. They couldn't control that. And so he's gone. They don't know where he is. The soldiers that were guarding him, he examined. He searched them. Examined them. Asked them questions. What happened? Don't know. Don't know where he is. Commanded they should be put to death. Interesting thought, I think. In Acts 21, 32. He immediately took soldiers and centurions and ran, ran down to them. And when they saw the commander and the soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. They were taking care of the, the civilians here and uh, not allowing another one to be beaten. Paul in particular. Not allowing that to happen. In Acts 28, 16. Now when we came to Rome... The centurion delivered the prisoners to the captain of the guard, but Paul was permitted to dwell by himself with the soldier who guarded him. Luke's writing that when we came to Rome. And so Paul was allowed to stay in, a, in an apartment or whatever, but he had a soldier who guarded him all the time. I wonder what Paul was talking to that soldier about, whoever was guarding him. I wonder what he talked to him about. But anyway, you see the life of a soldier. The Romans, whatever was required of him, that's what he did. The Roman Empire, as you can see by this map of the Mediterranean, has, has scattered all around the Mediterranean, even up in Europe and over and over eventually to Britain. And um, there's it, quite extensive. They have subjugated people, and so insurrections were possible anywhere. It could happen. So you have these borders that have to be maintained and so you have these troops that do it and they are trained in extensive fashion and it happens every day. Diversions for them could not be tolerated. They were a soldier. That's their job. That's all their job. They had one mind one heart and one purpose and that one purpose was whatever the commanding officer wanted or whatever the general wanted the commanding officer but nothing else mattered that's what they did that's only what they did Theodosius was an emperor and he had a, a code and this is a quote it said we forbid men engaged on military service to engage in civilian occupations a soldier is a soldier and nothing else and when they enlisted, they were given the sacramentum. They took an oath of loyalty to the emperor. They were his men. He was the supreme commander. And they did what he wished done. There's a man who went to see Jesus because one of his servants was sick, lying, dying. And this was a Roman centurion. He said, for I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. 
and to another come and he comes and to my servant do this and he does it. So we see again that this centurion whatever he wanted done they just did it. They served his purpose and he served a higher purpose of whoever was the commander over him. So with that being said I want us to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 1 through 13. This is what I came across and this just caused me to do all this thinking when I was reading. 1 through 13. You therefore my son be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he p competes according to the rules. The hard-working farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ, of the seed of David, was raised from the dead according to my gospel for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of change. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This is a faithful saying, for if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If, he deny, if we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. We are to endure hardships as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. The Roman soldier left home. He left all his business interests, all his, all the things of life, he just left it behind. Because he had to stay focused on what he was supposed to do. There could, as Theodosius said, he's a soldier and that's all he is. We're to endure hardships, just like those in the Roman army, in, in, a, in a different sense, but we, we endure hardships as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel, according to the power of God. Paul's telling him, you share with me in the, in the sufferings, in the hardships, in the everyday things of the gospel. You share them with me. In 2 Timothy two, uh, 4 verse 5, Be you watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Again, endure afflictions. Serving the Lord is a different kind of hardship than being a Roman soldier. It just is. 1 Timothy 1.18, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. It's no less warfare. Because this world doesn't like us. And the reason is because we try not to be part of the world. 
That's the goal, not to be of the world. Not to be look like the world, partake of the, the sins and the lusts of the world. That's not what we're to do. In Mark chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, the, the, you know Mark 4, that we have the parable of the sower and then the explanation of it, and this is part of the explanation. Now to these are the... Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitful, deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So we have some that have heard the word. They liked what they heard. They were fruitful. I think the indication is that they were fruitful for a while, but it says they became unfruitful. They lost something. And the reason they lost it because of the cares of the world, the deceitful riches, a uh, deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things, entering in choke the word. And therefore they're unfruitful. Therefore they're unple unpleasing to God as well. In First Timothy chapter 6. Verses 9 through 12, it says, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. The desire for money and wealth and the lusts of the earth cause people to stray. He says to Timothy, you, old man of God, flee these things. You put them behind you. He's not talking just to Timothy. Timothy was his fellow soldier. We also should be fellow soldiers and endure the afflictions and the sufferings that go along with that. Flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness can't let those, the affairs of the world, distract us from the goal of eternity, and that's to be with him. The good soldier has put away all that. The good soldier of Rome had put away those things, and he didn't entangle himself in those again. In 2 Timothy 4, verse 10, For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world and is departed for Thessalonica. Demas saw other things than what he was supposed to see. He loved this present world. He left. He deserted that, departed, that, uh, another word for that is deserted Paul in the work that was being done. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, If, after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, 
they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. They have escaped the pollutions of the world. They have put it off through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But yet they became entangled in them again and overcome. He said it's worse for them than it would if they'd never known. Worse for them than it was at the beginning. You think about it, uh, if, if that happens and judgment comes and the sentence is passed out and then we wind up in hell, you could think, I had heaven in my hand. I had it. I had it and I let it go. And it would be so much worse knowing that it was there. It was within your grasp. It was just a little while longer. And then we let it go. We are entangled in the affairs of life. It'll be worse because we knew it didn't have to be that way. So what we should do is be wholly given to Christ. We're his. We're to be a soldier just like Theodosius said, they're a soldier and nothing else. We're a disciple of Jesus and nothing else. We're to break away from the entanglements of the world. That's what we've been talking about. I was thinking of another verse or two or three or four to go along with this, and I thought of Hebrews 11. And I read a couple of verses of the area in which I was thinking about, and then it, it, it one just pops out at you. Just, let's look at them. Hebrews 11, beginning in verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. <clears throat> For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country, Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, and he has prepared a city for them. A highlighted part of that. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. To return. Abraham left the Ur of the Chaldees a long time ago, from this time in Hebrews. He left that a long time ago. Now, when... It was time for Isaac to have a bride. He told his servant, go back to my family. It, wherever it was, it wasn't early Cali. Go back to my family and take him a, get him a bride and bring, him, bring her to us. And the servant says, well, I may have to take him with me. He said, Isaac's not going. He's not going back there. When Jacob had to flee from Esau, why didn't he go back to the old homeland? No, he didn't. He had that opportunity. He didn't go. He didn't go. That place is out. It's over. That's what they got away from. And so when we call to mind those things that used to be in our lives and long for those things, that sinful way of life, it gets us in trouble. 
we have that opportunity to go back then. But you replace that with whatever is good and whatever is perfect, whatever is pure. What's that word John told me one time? Uh, forgot, anyway. All right. Um, I had to put a note on here. I'd forget. I have a bad habit of not looking at my notes. But um, there's a note coming up on here. It says, moon landing. In 1969, I was in basic training in Fort Polk, Louisiana. July and August was basic training. Jerry can associate with this. It was, he he might have been a year before me in some other place, I don't know. In Ori, he's been through basic training in the military some. We didn't know anything of what was going on in the world. We had no clue. I get a letter from Sandra every now and then. We didn't know anything. We didn't have TV. We finally picked up a radio someone did somewhere. But therefore, we, we didn't know anything. And so one, I'm assuming, it's, it's been 50 years, I don't know when, one Saturday afternoon, I think there was a couple of us walking to the PX. I see this paper box there that you slip a dime in at the time and get a newspaper. Well, there's one face that's showing. You know, there's one standing up there like that. And it says, the landing on the moon. I thought, I don't even have any idea. What are you talking about? I have no recollection of that to this day. I don't know what happened. Just a little bit of video I saw. And if you weren't alive that time, you really don't know about it either, but you can't, but that's the way it was. I didn't have a clue that they were even trying to land on the moon. That's how so alienated I was from it. That's the way we're supposed to be. That's the way we're supposed to be focused on serving the Lord. Just like those soldiers were focused on serving their emperor. In Acts chapter 8, 1 through 4, after these things, Peter departed from Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome, and he came to them. So because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for by occupation they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the, Sabbath, uh, every, in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. We work. I understand that. We've got to make a living. We've got to feed ourselves, clothe ourselves, and have a place to live. Well, I mean, just, that's just life. What did Paul do? He worked. He helped put tents together with Aquila and Priscilla. But that was a means to an end. Here's what he really did. He reasoned in the synagogues every Sabbath, persuading Jews and Greeks. He reasoned, he argued is one of the, uh, uh, the definitions of reasoned. He disputed with them. He's trying to turn them to the Lord. That's his main focus. That's what he's pur- his purpose in life is. And so he goes into the, a synagogue where Jewish law is taught. And he goes in there unafraid. He's not intimidated and he's not ashamed. He used to be one of them. And he goes in there and that's what he does. In Matthew chapter 19. Then Peter answered and said to him, See, we've left all and followed you. 
Therefore, what shall we have? So Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the tribes of Israel. Here we are. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sister, sisters or father or mother or wife or children or land for my sake shall, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. Peter says, we left all to follow you. They literally put their jobs down right then when Jesus called them. They did that. And Peter, James, and John, Andrew, they all left and started It was with Jesus for about three years. But we'll be rewarded with an inheritance in eternal life if we do those kind of things. If we don't become entangled with those things of the world. And it's going to take obedience to what the Lord has said. I have a Liddell's Greek-English lexicon, and it says, to obey with nuances of hearing and then doing. We hear the gospel and we obey. That's what the Jesus is looking for. In 1 Peter 1, verse 22, Peter writes, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. You purified your souls in obeying the truth. That's where the purification comes from. That's what puts us in the good standing with God. That's what makes us a soldier of Jesus Christ, if you will. Romans 6, verses 17 and 18. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. You were slaves of sin. We lived an earthly life, a worldly life. We obeyed from the heart and we became free from sin but slaves of righteousness. We serve God. That's what we do. Let me read something to you. It's from a commentary by Barclay, the letters to Timothy, Titus, and Philemon. And this is about a, this is supposed to be a true story. It said, French Commander Marshal Foch during World War I reportedly had a conversation with an officer under his command. You must not retire, said Foch. You must hold on at all costs. Then, said the officer, that means we must all die. And Foch answered, precisely. There to do what he said do. They were soldiers under his command. That's what was expected of them. That's what was needed at that time. In Revelation 2.10, Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. That's the word for us. Be faithful unto death and I'll give you the crown of life. Some of them are about to suffer, maybe die, because of what their faith called them to be. Separated from the world. Different than other people. You're about to suffer. Some of you may be thrown into prison that you may be tested. Yep, tribulation 10 days. 
be faithful unto death. Be faithful until you die. Be faithful even if it costs you your life. If persecution is that strong. Be faithful. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 17. We're not going to read it. We know about the armor for the fight. We know about that. God's prepared us. He has armed us. So what are we wearing that armor? Are we ready for the fight? Are we loyal to the Savior? Are we willing to give it up all for him? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus is not asking us to do anything that he hasn't done himself, endure hardships. And it, he endured hardships, even the cross, and the shame that was involved in that happening. He endured it. We have to endure it if we want to be the good soldier. Are you? Are you wearing the armor? Are you loyal? Are you a soldier? If you're not... <laughs> If you're not under his command, under the Lord's command, if, he, if we're not his servants, we're lost. Basically, we're lost. If we are, we can be rewarded. Why don't you come while we stand and sing number 276? Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood.